Walter's the chosen one at all. He hasn't been on the Apollo weight loss program. Yeah. I think half of America said that on Friday. <laughs> it's just touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Galactica Quorum, episode number four. This time we're going to be discussing the cliffhanger for the mid-season break. We have a quorum of three today. Jason couldn't be with us. I am Brian, and the other two are... I'm Dimitri. I'm Michelle. So do you want to forego discussion of our previous episode, The Passage, and just get right to this episode? Yes. Because I don't think there's much really to say anymore about that last one. No. Uh, Actually, there is one thing. Yeah, okay. You all thought that there were people on the lost ships... Apparently, they were all on Galactica, and the only people that were on the lost ships were like a skeleton crew. Right. I just wanted to clarify that. That, because that is, that's correct. Uh, after listening to the some other either podcast or reading a forum, that became, and it did make sense. I, I, I probably did think about that when I was watching it. It was just they rushed over so many parts of the specifics of the episode. that Yeah, they did. They had like people coming on the ship, and when you think about it, yeah, that makes sense. They're bringing people on Galactica, and that's why that sleazy guy was on in the first place. Right. Any other things about that episode you want to bring up? Nope. No. That was it. Okay, well let's go ahead and talk about the Eye of Jupiter. Do you have an opening statement, sir? I do. I have an opening statement. Uh, I think Baltar is looking a lot like Jesus. I have that in my notes as well. <laughs> he, uh, he's got the long Jesus hair, he's got the Jesus beard, he's got the white robe, he's barefoot, and he's kind of walking around. It's all very glowy. And yeah, when he first came on, I was like, wow, he's getting really hairy. But I guess maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah. Yeah, I had that in my notes as well. When he first stood up and he had that robe on, it looked very well, New Testament. When he was walking down the hall. Right. When he was uh, when he heard the baby crying or, or or some point, and he was just walking by himself, and I just looked at it and I was like, Jesus. Yeah. I I think that's not a stretch to think they're trying to make that as the chosen one and whatnot. His just appearance and whatnot seems to really be the direction they're going for to lead you to think at least he's has some role although when he showed up in his suit to meet with adama and Rosalyn, he didn't look quite as new testament ish and uh i thought well, who does he look like now and it hit me here he looks like uh ronald d moore <laughs> he's got the same long locks and the beard and it's, i wonder if that's intentional does ronald d moore have a god complex i don't know but anything else in your opening statements that's it that's it i did you? watch the opening credits and I watched the number, and it's at like 41,000-something. Really? Yeah, I think 41? they're still ticking it down. I thought it was, because I watched it as well, and I think I wrote the number down as like 35,000-something. They might have changed it, because the... Did we watch different episodes? It, it, well, <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I watched the Producer's Cut episode that came for, for a press preview. He cheated. Actually, it was by a day. I mean, come on. I but, just got but it. But it was, it was... And that, that episode was dated November 3rd or 7th, so it's possible they might have changed the number in that time. There's a few changes that they had from the episode that aired and the producer's cut, which I'll get to later, but not, nothing significant. Anyways. So, anything else? Oh, speaking of other characters from popular culture, although Jesus is more than popular culture, like in the beginning when uh, Chief Terrell is kind of looking around at the mountains, I had this flashback of Rado O'Reilly and M.A.S.H., Kind of like looking for the choppers to come. It almost looked like the same kind of general mountainy area. Well, I, if, you, if we're going to go there, while he was doing that, I thought of Captain Kirk. <laughs> just like randomly looking at mountains and right. expecting some sort of alien to some pop out. green alien to pop up. Yeah, all I was thinking is he's not going to hike all the way up there, is he? But he did, so. Yeah. 
So a little heavy. I'm sorry. He, do, you know what? He does look heavier now. He does. I was thinking that when I when I watched the pile or the miniseries, he just seemed like he was much slimmer and trimmer, and he yeah. does seem like he's put on a few pounds. Well, you know, algae has a lot of fat in it. <laughs> he hasn't been on the Apollo weight loss program. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> I want to lose weight like that. I really do. Let's see. What would you like to talk about first in this? Uh, how about Starbucks and Apollo? Since that okay, was. I hate Starbucks. I hate Starbucks. I like Starbucks, but I hate her mentality and her reasoning. I mean, it was just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to feel sympathy for Starbucks. I feel when, none for her because she—it's all on her shoulders. That she, the whole thing is because of her, and they're, they're trapped. But I mean, I could feel sympathy for him, but not so much for her. So I don't. Again, it kind of goes back to my feelings about that one episode is somewhat ambivalent about the whole Starbucks Apollo thing because I thought in my mind it was resolved a long time ago and opening it up it's like as if they were to take the Tyrrell Boomer Cali thing and open that up again I mean, that's not going to happen everyone's right. satisfied how that resolved why it just didn't seem necessary I'm kind of uh, curious as to we have to use a flashback clearly but it'd be nice to find out why Starbucks is so damaged like I just don't understand why she which, why she's so why she hates herself so much. Because well, you, in order to do all this, you have to really dislike yourself. Right. I mean, she did have something to do with with Lee's brother's death by giving him you know, a license to fly, and he wasn't good, and so he died. But, I mean, it can't, can't continue. It can't just be that. I mean, there's got to be something else that yeah, she's, she's damaged. She's there. very dis- self-destructive, and there's a comment that Anders made where he said, you think you're the first... Right. Which, to me, that implied the first one she's cheated with in the last year and a half. I think she had a relationship with that Cylon. Even but, though he was holding her prisoner, I think she had something going on with him as well. Um, it was like, how long was she with well, him? But I don't, it was I four don't months. Think, yeah. I don't think uh, she had a relationship in the sense that she had a relationship with him. If she had a relationship with him, she wouldn't be killing him over and over. I think that maybe she had sex with him but it's not because I don't think so I think it was just another a nameless human guy in the first year they were on the planet and she was mad at herself and she did something stupid with somebody and I, as far as her past I'd have to go watch the episode again but there was one where she was back on Caprica in her old apartment I forget the exact details but or maybe it was the Leoden Cylon who was baiting her about like her mother was like abused her or beat her or did something to her it just brought you could you could see when he said those things you saw her reaction that the words were true and like she had some kind of you know really dark background. The other thing that bothered me about her in that episode is that she was being really hostile towards Duala. Right. Where does she get off? Why is she being hostile? I mean, if anything, Duala should be hostile towards her. And I understand why Anders was hostile towards Lee because you know he had every right to be. Starbuck has no right whatsoever to be hostile towards Duala because but if she's she ha- the one who's screwing up. But if she has a a disturbed uh, past and she had a disturbing childhood she doesn't have to have a reason to be mean to anybody well she's clearly being mean to her because she wants to be with Lee she just in my opinion she has no grounds for acting that way towards her but that, that I mean that's just a human thing I mean people do that and there's and there's no grounds for it I think that she's just she need, she's lashing out at someone she's not gonna lash out at herself because that's a, a sign of true desperation. That's when people commit suicide whatsoever. She doesn't. She's not going to do that because she's too proud or whatever. Uh, she's not going to lash out. She's already lashed out at her husband, uh, so he's not even in her picture anymore. 
she can't lash out at Lee because she's in love with Lee or, or she lusts for Lee, so the only person she can lash out at are others. Lee's wife is in the way, in her brain, and so... But Lee said he would divorce her. It's well, her know, that, brain that's in the way. Well, that, I mean, that's the, whole, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's just, she's, she's disturbed, so it's nothing you can really do. It's not supposed to make sense. It doesn't. I mean, this Part is, of this it, though, is, this is a drama. If, if, it, if her character wasn't this character, then you know, the, the, we wouldn't have the people drama. And we'd have nothing to talk about. Well, I wouldn't be, but to me, they do stretch it a bit too far with that character. It's, it's like they're, they want to almost push it as far as they can go to make, how much can we make people really despise the thing she's doing, make us hate her, and then pull back just a little bit so she does something where she redeems herself or does something to, to make people like her again or make their cheer for her again. I just think they're trying to push the envelope so far with that that it's, for some of us, it's like, I just don't care. And I don't know, the character is like, just not one of my favorites anymore. Yeah, I agree. My, it, she was one of my she was my favorite one of my favorite characters in the first season, and now I'm like, I kind of you know don't really yeah, care about her. I completely agree. I, I loved her. I thought she was great, and now I'm like, I could care less. She can go off the show for all. It seems part of it too is in storyline terms, what the character is doing is not really story or plot oriented, but it's all sort of like character oriented. Like for instance. In the first couple seasons, she had like these missions where she would go, she'd be the one who could do it, or right. she'd be the, the person who flew back to get the arrow or did something. And recently, all right, she's flying a recon mission, or she's the one person that does whatever, but it could be anybody that could be doing those and, things. And she flies them, I and she's very sloppy. <laughs> she's flying very sloppy. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think they need to uh, find a, a ship psychiatrist, and she needs to just hash all this crap out, get it out of their system. She wouldn't do that. She would just beat the psychiatrist up. She'd never open up. I, I should also mention, let's lay the ground rules too for this. We haven't listened to any podcast, either official or otherwise, and we're not discussing spoilers for the future, but we will be discussing this episode in great detail. Let's move on to uh, Baltar and returning to the Galactica. What are your thoughts about that? I think um, I don't think he should have gone. But, I agree. I mean, he shouldn't have gone, but he went because he's naive. It's like, uh, you know, you broke up with your boyfriend, but then you want to be friends with your boyfriend afterwards. It, 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 things you can't, there's certain things you can't do. And then he was kind of shocked that Adama didn't, like, give him a hug when he saw him. <laughs> like, what did right. you expect? I think he thinks he's a ambassador now, where he can be, like, the intermediary between the two now and... You know, let's bring the Cylons and the humans together and be happy little people. I think that's what he thought. And then when they got to the Galactica, he realized that that is not what he was at all. I think at Baltar, it's schizophrenic. Yeah, I, because yeah. At, at, at certain times, he's very he's very ruthless and he's he's got a purpose and he knows what he's doing and he's mm -hmm. and he, the way he talks to some of the Cylons. He's, he's very determined, but then at other times he becomes this little sniveling, whiny little like child that doesn't. And then and he, and he and he gets confused why people don't like him, and it's just really strange that you know. And so if that is the intention that he is right. bipolar, they should really you know they should push that a little bit more and make it clear clear it up. I think if you look at the difference between that character and the Starbuck character, where Starbuck is like they're just pushing, 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 trying to make her aggravating or doing whatever. And with him, 
they have the kind of the same dilemma where we can't push them too evil or people will not like them. But they they just seem to have a better balance about doing it. They and you said like schizophrenic. I felt kind of the same way. It's like his fragile state of mind was he enters this his old haunt, the Galactica, and he is actually surprised that they're not maybe not welcoming him, but just the revulsion they had toward him. It actually seemed to to wound him. Right. Uh, and even though the whole time when he was in the Galactica, he was conniving against them right and so then he comes home and they don't like him yeah and i almost thought it was kind of funny as he's walking in if he would have said something like i'm here to reclaim my presidency or something because they really have like an impeachment there because unless he's dead i'm sure they have rules about removing the the president but i thought that would be kind of funny if he just kind of like is my office still around you know just something yeah just a little throw the side joke in there yeah I personally enjoyed the new dress that they have six in. The new red dress. Oh, there's a new one. Oh, didn't you notice that? Am I the only one that notices? The girl is the only one that notices. I this look. Really hot I dress? look beyond the clothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed. I did notice it was red because uh, that was like the mainstay of the first season, but I didn't notice it was like that different. It, it's drastically different, but it looks really good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Says the female in the quorum. Yeah. Really strange. <laughs> Another great moment, I thought, was the uh, Sharon and Boomer meetup. That's almost something you have been waiting for a while to see. These two that kind of crisscrossed. One started in one place, one started the other. They they ended up switching roles and locations, allegiances. And now they meet up in that hallway. And you could, For me, that was a really interesting scene. And I thought it was played really well by I the actress. I loved it. I love that she walked out and she was like, that's Boomer. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I really love that scene. It was very well done. It's interesting that the confidence level seems to have completely switched. Like, Boomer used to be very... Uns- when she woke up as a silent in this resurrection she thing... She freaked out. She was freaking out. She, she totally... Her, her state of mind was completely, like, just frazzled. And she just couldn't get a, a grasp on the fact that she was a silent and it was making her crazy. Now it seems like she's accepted it and she's more confident. Whereas Athena, the Athena Sharon now seems very skittish about, you know, she doesn't seem confident, whereas before, I mean, she was one of the original Cylons back on uh, Caprica, and back then was, she was like a, a spy, basically, and the spies should have the training to be, you know, right. mentally very sharp, and now it seems like she doesn't seem to have, like, a lot of confidence, and when she actually was facing this kind of mirror image of herself, she was one that was not meeting the gaze and was kind of looking down, so it just seemed that was interesting, that the path that they've taken. Well, and like the original, like Boomer, the original Sharon, she was always very, you know, I'm very loyal to Galactica and, you know, I'm loyal to Adama and this is my life. And when she started realizing she was a silent, she was starting to freak out about it. And that's why she shot herself. And then when they turned her on and she shot Adama, she just completely freaked. But now Athena is like, these are my loyalties. I'm loyal to Galactica and Adama and... Boomer's like, no, no, we're Cylons. Well, let's get right to the that big issue then. Didn't you think that Adama knew about the, the switch? I was like... I thought he did. What? Yeah, I thought he did. I think they, they messed up somehow. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back and, and, and you know review the old episodes because yeah, I was like, why are you shocked? I mean... Yeah, he was not... He wasn't shocked. He was just flat out angry. He was angry. He kind of just stalked off and tried to think about it. Yes, there was probably a scene with the president and the doc. 
I or they did it, but I thought he was in the room. I thought that was something they decided. Well, not in the room. I thought they, 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 like, they discussed it with him at some point. Yeah. Well, at some that's point, what they, they were said do. that they all sat down and they decided this is how we were going to do it. But he wasn't the one, the scene between the doc and the president, I guess, where she gave the baby to that woman, Adama wasn't there. Right. But they, I believe, unless they told Adama that the baby died... I don't remember. What I that. thought he I was in on it. There. I thought the whole thing was that he they decided that the silence couldn't know the best way to do was to do this sort of switch in the covert manner and and maybe that he didn't know what happened. Maybe he afterwards was like, "All right, you may do it, but I don't want to know what happens. I'm going to wash my hands of this." Maybe he was shocked about the location that she had kept the child in the in the school. Yeah, we need to do some some background on research. That. Right. And the other thing I was surprised was that Sharon didn't go completely apeshit when she found out. I mean, she was upset, oh, but I, I thought she, she was just going to go ballistic. I guess the one thing at the end where she says, I want to see her, yeah. we're like, okay, does that mean I want to get me off the ship? You, I'm done with you. I'm going to go over there, and I don't want to ever talk to you guys again. Or does that just mean... I have a feeling she's going to... One, I don't think they're going to bring the baby over to Galactica. I think she's going to go over there, and she's going to see the baby, and then she's going to have this, like... Something's going to snap, and she's just going to completely go back to being a true Cylon and being against Galactica. I, I really think that's what's going to happen. I have, a, I have to disagree slightly. I mean, I think she's going to do a little bit of that, uh, you know, go back to Cylon, but I think she's going to be really torn because Hilo has been on her side nonstop the whole time. And so I think that she, you know, she really likes Hilo. So I don't think... I think Hilo's going to go with her. I think he's at a point, like, this is, like, such a betrayal that I think he would go so, with her. I don't believe that they're going to switch. I think they've laid down this path where she said she's a lead loyal to the human side, and Hilo is such an officer that he is going to, no matter what, follow. And I think part of what... But you can't say that, no matter what. I mean, he asphyxiated the Cylons in the holding cell. If he was a loyal, loyal officer, he wouldn't have done that. Well, that's, he would that's have, true. That whole plan about, you know, vaporizing the whole Cylon fleet. But I don't think they would completely switch to the other side. There's disobeying an order to do something which you consider as immoral, and there's a difference between completely switching to the other side and, and like, treason. killing your own side and treason, yeah. And I think my, part of what they might be doing is this, the Dhamma not knowing thing stunts it a little bit. It's like, well, if the old man didn't know, then it's not such a bad deal because... The, it's just Rosalind's it, Whereas with, like, Starbuck that one time felt so betrayed because... He had told her, or he had told everyone that there's an Earth. We know where it is, and she was like that one time saying, "So where's this Earth place?" And he's like, um, "We're getting there." And she realized that he didn't know anything, and that she felt betrayed. Whereas this case, apparently, he didn't know or I swear whatever. I, knew. I know we're gonna have to check that out. It doesn't really fly. So this artifact, the Eye of Jupiter that we, they found on this planet, kind of a coincidence that they they find this on the algae planet. How convenient! It is convenient, but you know what? I bought it. I I, I said, you yeah. know what? They are hungry, and they're trying to find something to, to fill up their uh, food storage, and they happen to find a livable planet. Or if not livable, then it's life-supporting at but some it level. But also still on the path that they're on. Exactly. But it's also so, possible they didn't really describe how the food stores got contaminated. But just like in past episode, there was that beacon that the uh, base star came upon, and they got all infected. Is it possible that as the you know humans from long ago just put these like booby traps all along to steer people 
to the planet. That could be. So maybe there was just something. I don't. Know, it could be that. Far-fetched, but maybe there was something. They, maybe they should have, if that were the case, they could have played up on it a little bit more. But maybe there was something that made the food get contaminated. Therefore, they had to find food. Logical yeah. things. All this planet's got allergy. You know, something out. It could be that. I just bought that they're on the right path, and it seems logical that if they're on the right path... And it's a livable planet. It's a livable planet. The other place would have stopped there. And resources so or whatever. The, the thing that sort of seemed to stretch to me was the supernova event. That's what well, Jason said, too. Well, I have a, I have a theory. Um, that's my... I don't know. It's not a theory. Everything we say is a theory. But is it possible that supernova not necessarily is the eye of Jupiter... But maybe the sun is the eye of Jupiter, or the star going supernova is the eye of Jupiter, and or all of it in conjunction with the temple, like in every other place in the world, the sunlight has to fall through a little hole and hit the jewel. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right? Raiders of the Lost Ark. So maybe, I don't know, maybe the, the eye, because the, which we think is the eye that the chief's been looking at the whole episode, that right. like circle with a circle and the fire right. around it, and you know, concentric circles coming out, that theoretically, or not theoretically, but for me visually, that looks like a sun mm. blowing up, going supernova. Yeah. So maybe it has a, maybe there's a connection between that and the other, but then, like, well, how would you time that, right? Right. Because if, what if the Cylons attacked <laughs> Caprica a thousand years earlier? There wouldn't be a supernova if you showed up at the right. temple. Yeah, they need to hopefully have a satisfactory means of explaining it. I'm hoping it's not just as something as simple as Terra looking at it a long time and going, you know what? That looks like an eye. And putting his hand on it and it goes and it recesses. Yeah. And like this other partition opens and like there's this well, other the thing. the whole time he's staring at it, I'm like, just touch it and yeah. turn it. That's yeah. all you have to do. Just turn it. I think half of America said that on Friday. <laughs> just touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know, I'm changing this a little bit subject, but um, Doc Cottle, when they were on the base star and they're trying to, you know, uh, Baltar and had they've hatched out this planet, they want to go down to the planet and get this Jupiter eye, and then the Doc's like, well, you know, what's the rush? You know, we don't we're Cylons, we're machines. It doesn't matter when we reach Earth. We you mean reach Cavill? Earth. Yeah, Cavill. Cavill. Sorry. We can reach Earth now. We can each reach Earth next year. We can reach Earth in ten thousand years. It doesn't matter because we're machines. We can reach Earth. So, with that in mind, since he said that, made me think. Well, what is the rush then? Can't they just shadow the Battlestar Galactica until they get to Earth, and then they'll get to Earth on Battlestar Galactica's coattails, and right. then they're there. There's, there's no like. They'll just tail them. Yeah, part of it is a theory that, like with the mad dog escaping, that it's all intentional. Like there, there's all these near misses, and somehow Galactica always gets through. And maybe it's just because they want them to get through. If they could search for Earth themselves, or we could use these guys as sort of a a stooge for us, and now we'll we'll harass them and you know, fight them now and then. But for the most part, we'll let them do some of the work. And speaking of mad dog, you can't introduce. I mean, it was a pretty strong character. You can't introduce a, a strong character like that, a warrior, a survivalist, and then make him disappear. Well, he's seeing the, the shrink that you mentioned earlier. Right. That's okay. what he's, he's, he's in the, yeah. Well, no, like, he begged to get on the show. They let him on the show for one role and said, that's it. Well, but then but the, the writer should have got him off the show in, in the fight, 
somehow Ty shoots him in the leg, blows his kneecap off, he can't fly. I don't know. It's, it's, there's got to be like you can't in, if you introduce something, spend thirty seconds to wrap it up so that the character then can't. Well, there were other things in that episode that weren't wrapped up, like Hulk, like Ty coming, okay, I'm coming back, okay, he's back, ooh, he's back. That was so short. There was nothing wrapped up with that. It was nothing like dynamic or exciting. It was just like, oh, Ty's back. Okay. Well, it didn't really have to be wrapped up. The guy killed his wife. He was depressed. He drank a lot. He got over it. Then he's back to work. He he's got a, over he's it a military in an guy. But it's he's a military guy. Who knows? We don't have a timeline of how long there is between one episode and the other. I mean, it could be weeks. And he's and he is he is in the military, and he's been doing this all his life. So he just had to have his moment of grieving, and now you know, and then he's back on the job. Maybe I'm just a girl. <laughs> you are a girl. <laughs> Let's talk about the building up to the cliffhanger. I really thought how they ratcheted up the drama towards the end with the cliffhanger wait, wait, was we really... we haven't even talked about the whole Baltar Chosen One thing. Okay, let's talk about that. I don't think Baltar's the Chosen One at all. I think the Chief is. The Chief? Yeah. Because he was the one that heard whatever it was that was coming from the temple. And he followed this towards the temple. And, ooh, he found the temple. So he heard the message, so he's the guy. I think. Kind of like Leah hearing... Luke's call and Bespin, so suddenly she's the twin. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it does make it, sense. You're right. It's all in That made course. sense, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you watch that episode, everybody thinks the only reason Leia hears it is just because Luke is really strong in the Force of True. Anyway. Why? Uh, because Wookiees what, aren't the significance, attuned. What's the significance of the Chosen One? He's the one that's supposed to be able to open the eye or there was be able a, to follow the message or something. Yeah, there was a passage or a, a line where the hybrid is spewing out some stuff, and I didn't write it down, but it was something like, I don't know. The Chosen One enters the temple, something happens with yeah. the Eye of Jupiter. So, so do you think Diana thinks she's the Chosen One? Because she's um, seeing all these things in her resurrection. Either It's either her or either she thinks she's the Chosen One, and Baltar thinks that she thinks that Baltar's, that Baltar's so arrogant. But... <laughs> It's pretty interesting that then the Cylons have this thing and they call it resurrection. I don't know, maybe... Um... The one thing that's sort of out of left field to me is suddenly there's a Temple of Five. Like, that seems to have come out... It's not just in the Cylon theology. It's based on the human religion. There's this Temple of Five. And where this, you know, five is not a number that you typically hear as a... In religion, there might be a trinity or there might be you know, a, a duality between... A, um, a mother figure and a father figure of a pair of gods or whatever, but the five seems like it came out of nowhere. And now we, they've tried well, you know what a five is, right? It's a pentagram. Yeah, but five is also very strong in like the Templar and um, the Masons and everything. Five is devil worshippers. Yeah, I guess you could tie it. I guess my point is it's not devil worship. And in, in, in the human religion, no, they've got they've, we've always had these twelve colonies, and I assume there's like the usual pantheon of so many gods, and then it, somehow we've boiled down to five. I don't know how they got to that number. Basically, it seems just like it. It's it's an easy coincidence that there's five. And like for instance, if they let's say for some reason they had had uh, exposed another Cylon along the way, and there was only four left, I think it would be a the Temple of Four. four you know, yeah. it's just the number that they pulled. What's the What's the reason? I'm, I'm just full of unanswered questions in my head for some reason. What's the reason that the Cylons want to get rid of the humans? What's their What's their mission statement? Well, that one episode they said that eventually all children have to replace their parents, and they consider them their parents. Yeah. And probably part of it was that originally in the original war, 
they probably felt like they had been enslaved and they wanted to eradicate those who had enslaved them and they figured that if we don't have achieved victory then they will come back and basically box us in large terms just and meaning extinction i guess they think to thrive they have to get rid of the humans for them to be able to live their lives and become a society they have to get rid of but they're going to end up being the humans they're on their way because uh baltar is you know not being truthful with six anymore he's got a new girlfriend and and, and everyone you know half of the cylons are ha having they're planning certain things to go to the planet and the others are arguing with them i mean it's it's a small microcosm of everything the humans are doing and so you know what I'm saying? I think they're trying to get rid of the humans, but they themselves are going to become that society which they don't like. My other question is, though, is they keep saying that the hybrid Hera is like the next generation. Well, you can't get a hybrid without humans. So, how? I mean, if they eliminate all the humans, they won't have their next generation hybrids. And what is Hera sick with? Well, we don't know yet. Maybe she's just hungry. <laughs> or her, maybe the Silence don't know, but. How long have they been in the ship now since they left New Caprica? A month? Maybe her diaper needs to be changed. <laughs> but I have to admit, she is the cutest little kid. She's so cute. She's so cute, you have to admit. She's got a killer. She's a machine. <laughs> but, okay, that's the. I don't understand the whole machine hybrid. Is she a machine? Does she have like metal exoskeleton? Well, they talk about. Skeleton this, or something? The, they talk about the models being machines a lot, but. Me, are they like cyborgs? Are they the, like no, they're 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 completely yeah. they're like flesh and blood. I, I, the only thing that really makes them machines in the sense is they have a programming built into their their cerebrum or whatever that makes yeah. them act. As, yeah, it's coded, I guess, a certain way, but it's all organic. There's no like like you say but a Terminator. They, but they have to have there has to be something that allows them to resurrect and be downloaded. I mean that well, there's got to be something. They do that in Stargate with the Asgard. They can. They're, they're all, all their bodies are clones and they just transfer their consciousness to a different body. They cannot reproduce again. Yeah. We may be getting, we're thinking about it too much, a little bit too much <laughs> of a geek level in terms of the exact uh, biological composition of this, the hybrid or the, the models okay. at this point. Because there's no answer really. We're kind of accepting on faith that right. they're flesh and blood, but there's just one other component to them that has an artificial element to it. Yeah, but didn't the doc do like an autopsy? Were we not paying attention during that episode? That might have been the problem. Maybe. Because he did an autopsy on one of the Cylons when they first got the skin jobs and they're like, oh my god, it's a Cylon, they dissected him. I don't remember what happened. I don't either. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I don't remember what he said. I think that was the first season. Yeah. So getting back to the cliffhanger then, I thought it reminded me a bit of the, the Pegasus cliffhanger where they had the two ships and he launched the Vipers against the Pegasus and, the, and she launched Vipers back at him and there was this big drama about there's going to be something big was going to happen. And this kind of reminded me of that, although the stakes are just so much higher. And in almost a way, that is what makes it kind of less effective as a cliffhanger because if in the Pegasus cliffhanger, you could have had a scenario where one ship actually did attack the other ship or they both attacked and they, yeah, they wouldn't have been... Even with that one, like I have to agree with Jason's statement on the cliffhanger that you're not going to nuke half your exactly. cast. Yeah, you're not gonna get, and it's just like with the other one, you're not going to blow up Galactica. The show's name is Battlestar Galactica. Right. You're not going to But get you still could have had some, some degree of conflict from that uh, cliffhanger. Right. 
And basically what happens is in a cliffhanger like that, you could, you'd have a couple things happen. One side could stand down, the other side could stand down. Or, which I thought at the time, was something would intervene, like the president's ship would get in the middle and say, stop it, you <laughs> idiots. Uh, or, in, or in this case, yeah, you have a couple options. You've got Adama says, all right, we're not going to nuke the planet. Uh, the Cylons say, we're not going to do it. Or something intervenes, which really is the only satisfactory thing, because I don't think Adama bluffs. I just don't think... I agree. I think he's. We've seen him go through some pretty tough times, and his ship was about to be destroyed, and he was ready to take it, and he said, "I'm just going to do it." And I don't think he. Yeah, but nuking half his crew, well, not half his crew, but half the major crew. Really, I think if he really got up to that last split second, I think he'd pull out. But couldn't he? Um, I mean, they could. They could launch a couple of those um, the transport little ships. You know, they could uh, launch them. They could uh, jump light speed. <laughs> jump out of light speed right near the ground, which they've done before, land, people fill in, jump out, nuke the planet. I don't think it's I don't know. Enough. And shouldn't the Galactica know that there are um, bullet heads on the planet? Because wouldn't the Dreyfus show... She said they sent, when they right when they jumped in is when they sent it down. Yeah, so know, it wouldn't show up on the Dreyfus. It's not going to show up once it's on the ground. Right. Yeah, there are troops on the ground now, so they wouldn't show up. I think the the cliffhanger itself. I loved how they they built up the momentum. They they started cross cutting between the ship and over oh, the Cylon ship, and then the whole other element of. I thought it was brilliant having Starbuck crash. Then you create a conflict of Einders wants to go tour. They can't because they have to defend the position. So they've got conflict between those guys. They have conflict up in space. And how stupid is it to say, okay, well, Lee says Anders, you can't go because uh, you have to defend your position. And he says, well, I'm going to go, and you can't stop me. And then he puts a gun to his head. And so then, if in theoretically he would shoot him for not going, he would then still not be there to defend the position. So why not just let him go? Yeah, well, they yeah they did that before once, but right. And that one episode where I think it was who's the guy that uh, they were stuck on the planet and the guy took over and he's doing a bad job and Baltar is the one that actually ended up shooting him because he was telling Kali if you don't do this I'm gonna shoot you. It was like that thing where it defeats the purpose of and, stopping and then, the person then, if they don't do it because they don't get your help anyway. And then. At the beginning of the show, Lee is hooking up with Starbuck, and he's ready to divorce his wife for her. And then at the end of the show, he doesn't even want to let somebody to go save her, which I thought was just like yeah, well, that's the his character coming yeah. out. He's no, a soldier. I can see your flip flopping. Yeah. Like I mean, he. I can see him not spending his own resources to do it, but I can't see him saying, "All right, you go." Yeah, this guy's not even in the military. He's a civilian. He really, he's got no authority over him. He's there collecting algae and uh it, what he should have said he said yeah you you're going to go get her and just go here take my gun or something i don't know Speak. like that would have been more logical thing yeah. because then it would have showed because it just it just didn't make any sense well, i mean he, he said it they don't they didn't have the resources to go get her but he has enough resources to bust a cop in his ass because right. he wants to go well, okay. yeah i mean i'm not saying it's right kind of or logical what, uh, i'm just I mean, saying you put a gun to my head and you're going to say, no, you can't go get your wife. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll stay. And I'll stay here and I'll defend my, the position with you. What are you going to do? I, I just sit there behind a rock or do anything? I think Anders, what he should have said is like, fine, I'll defend the position. And then left to go get her. I mean, he, once you leave the building and you go around the bush, you're gone. Right. I mean, clearly the chief walked away and he was out of sight in a couple of steps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's silly. Speaking of Anders... Watching him on this episode, he could like pass for like Han Solo if they ever did like a, another version of Star Wars. Mm. There's just times when he looked very Empire Strikes Backish, 
I'm like, you put the coat on, you put the... I'll have I was to go like, back and watch that. <laughs> he just had the, the look. Because in my opinion, nobody can replace Harrison Ford. No, but he did have a certain... Focus. Okay, you're right. Sorry. I shouldn't be talking about... Uh, By the way, Star Wars is the greatest series ever. Focus. <laughs> uh, that's another podcast. <laughs> Which we will probably do. We will probably do at some point. So yeah, I guess we can agree that the cliffhanger itself it builds up pretty well, but the resolution is not going to live up to yeah. You're going to be oh up. oh. I was really disappointed with the the Pegasus resolution when ships just started flying around and they just sort of like eh, mm, and yeah. nothing of consequence happened. You have to have something of consequence. They talked. Uh, Ron Moore talked about that the price of them going through the passage was a major character. Well, not a major character, but a character had to die, and that was Cat. The price of a big standoff like this is something has to happen that right. uh, a military piece of hardware has to be sacrificed a character has to be sacrificed something kill Baltar. something has to happen i think baltar should die baltar won't die baltar's going to be the supreme ruler of the silence do you think that they're going to get a clear answer from the eye as to the path to earth i don't think they will because when they saw the constellations they went down when they got the arrow and they stuck it in there and then they were which by the way that confused me so much when they walked into the cave and then all of a sudden they were in a field and I'm like what in the world just happened where, where are they I was confused that was supposed to lead them to earth and it didn't maybe, do anything maybe what the uh, eye of Jupiter maybe it's not a, necessarily a direct path maybe it's just like a uh, scavenger hunt it tells you the next step or something that way the series can go on. Yeah, they, they can't tell you explicitly where to go, or it's going to really shorten the life of and the remaining series. I think it's irresponsible now that I think about it, of these people, I don't know what we won't call them, these human beings, of searching for Earth. I think it's very irresponsible of them for, to search for Earth whilst the Cylons are following them. Because then what they're doing is they, they can't defeat the Cylons, and so they're taking the Cylons with them to another planet where the Cylons want to be anyway. Right. And if it was if it was their major concern to get rid of the Cylons, then they would have, like way back then, they would have cultivated that virus. They would try to figure out ways of annihilating the Cylons because they need to annihilate the Cylons before they get to Earth. Because if they get to Earth with the Cylons, the Cylons will win. The only thing they can hope for is that they arrive at Earth, and Earth is so advanced that... I think that's what they're hoping for. I really think that they think once they make it to Earth, they're going to be defended. They're going to have more ships, more weapons, that they can turn around and blow up the Cylons. Do the first set of humans that went to Earth, do they know about the Cylons? No, because that was thousands of years ago. It was, what was it, two, three thousand years ago, and Cylons are only... the twelve colonies really... But they're clearly uh, advanced enough because they got there in the first yeah, place. They have, yeah, they have spacefaring technology, so they can go. So technically speaking, this hasn't happened to us yet. But... We're here, but we don't have we spaceships. Don't, yeah. But, what if... Okay, here, I'm going geeky again. What if the humans that went off to Earth were like the ancients in Stargate, where they were highly advanced... Sort of like Atlantis. They were highly advanced. They had spaceships and everything, and then something happened, and then they went primitive again, mm. where we're at right now. Could be. I'm a major geek. <laughs> 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 what if they get there and they realize that that's what happened? 
their advanced civilization that went to this new planet, something happened and they no longer have that advance and they're primitive and just a thought. Just a thought. Just I like thought. it. All right, well, here's some of the differences that happened between the producer's cut and the aired version. There's not very many. Uh, most of it was just the sound mix wasn't finished. Some of the music wasn't finished. And in respect to that, just having the sound not quite be done, it's interesting. Like, a lot of the things, the dialogue wasn't too clear. Like, you had to listen. Just general sounds in the room or whatever kind of made it, the level not wasn't very high. And so in the final mix, they, they bring that up or they ADR it up. The one thing that was interesting, there was one instance where they took a specific line and made it really soft and that is when Anders and Apollo he's like I'm not gonna do this because whatever and she cuts between them and she's it's, it was really hard to hear in the aired mix but she she goes honey something something and in the she said let's not do this here. let's not do this or yeah, uh in the the first cut you heard her say that word really clearly and loudly and in the one that aired it was much softer so in the first one, it was like she was saying so the entire room could hear right. it, but then they made it more personal. Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. Okay, so you want us to risk our lives for something that you haven't even found yet? Listen, Sam, I'm not even sure it exists. But I don't have to tell you every little God's damn detail. You no, know, you know what hey, you hey, have hey, to explain hey, to me? Hey, 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 honey. Major's in charge on this one, okay? Um, and another thing that they changed was the Tyrrell Cali scene when they're putting the charges on on the artifact. They added a little bit of bit where she says, "I miss Nikki," and that would get to establish that yes, they do have a son, and he's not there. Right. Uh, and they actually they, they used either a different take or a reshot it because that whole bit where he's talking about dancing around naked that was an entirely different take because the line was a little bit different and the uh, the camera shot was a little different. Endless discussions at the dinner table. I would go to my mom's prayer room, holiest of the holies at our house, and dance around naked with porno magazines <laughs> just to defy the gods and tell them to frag off. Uh, and then there was, uh, with the Cylons were meeting and they're talking about what to do, and Cavill was saying, like you said before, the and we could do it in five years or 50,000 years. There was a little line with him where he kind of mocks God or the Cylon God again. And it was really good, and it's, you can't do it justice because he actually used air quotes when he was talking about it. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I, th I think we're missing the big picture here. We have the opportunity to rid the universe of the human pestilence once and for all. We can discuss that after we get the eye of Jupiter, after we find the path to Earth. Oh, yes, yeah. Earth and God and God and Earth. That's great stuff. And I know we're committed to finding that bit of religious claptrap no matter what at this point. However, let me point out that it doesn't matter if we find Earth in five days. And then the cybered scene where Baltar and Deanna are talking, that was longer. Infinite choices cascade through the abyss, wandering through the abdomen shadow. Offset of the coordinates. Core temperature elevates three degrees. Initiate cooling. Leave the final truth for the chosen one to decide. End of line. I think she approves. Gaius, come back to me. I just can't get them out of my head. The downward rustling their reaction. Are you surprised? Intellectually, no, no, not surprised at all. In fact, slightly prepared for it. Just, well, we were friends. Well, well we weren't friends. I don't even know I say that, but we were colleagues, and there's something about colleagues together. Forget about that. And Cavill. 
What was his offer of giving me over to a Dartmouth? What is that? What's that an example of? What? Live and let live, is it? He's small-minded. He's afraid of the truth. Maybe they all are. But Caius, I am so close to seeing the faces of the last five Cylons. Maybe even the face of God himself. The five lights of the apocalypse rising, struggling towards the light. Sins revealed only to those who enter the temple, only to the chosen one. 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 Fly away, me. Guys, I'm so close to knowing the truth. What truth? I just think it's interesting to see what difference from a production standpoint. I like to see the differences, that the choices they make. Just what to air, what to air, you know, what what do they deem important? What do they think need to be shored up from a storytelling perspective? There's probably not a lot that they hold out to make it either more secretive or maybe, oh, I think they're going to figure this stuff out. To me, it's interesting. I do think as you watch some of the things where they have like these little flash cuts, like when Baltar was waking up and they had like those, like had this nightmare or whatever of they, they showed the hybrid really fast and they showed this other thing really fast and they showed these other images that went by like basically a couple frames is all they lasted in, in terms of their length. And you have to think in the old days, they might have really put a lot of things in there. Like if you watch an old movie, they probably would have done that and maybe included something that was a little bit more revealing. But now they think they know everyone's got a TiVo. Everyone watches this stuff on the net and they can go through it frame by frame and they'll be like, aha, you know, there's this one clue. Oh, my God, we left like and everyone knows. Like everybody the five right. and had to slow down to make sure that there were five Oh, yeah, you know they spent there. a lot of time saying, all right, everyone's going to freeze frame this. So let's make sure it's so blurred and, you know, blown out that they can't identify it. But one thing I watched over and over again it was Cavill because I just think he is... Whenever he's on the show, he's so funny. When he came in and he did his line about, and we'll throw in Baltar, and he, he yeah. always has these little gestures, and almost, <laughs> yeah. it almost looked improvised how he did that, because the other actors, like, Deanna turned to said. look... He's like, I'm just improvising. Well, I mean, just almost like as if the actor had improvised it, because she turned to him like, it was like, what? And it, and it almost looked like... And then when we left the room, he kind of gave that little wink. I don't know if you caught, caught that. That, too, was funny. I think he's great. Who did he wink at? When they left the room, he's like, All right, this, this meeting is done, and they're taking them back to their ship. He starts to leave. He turns around and he gives Adam a little wink, like, hey, catch you later. It was fun and funny. <laughs> I missed that. All right, so let's rate the episode. What do you think? I think it was a lot better than the previous episode. I think it was a lot of fun. There was, you know, it, it was like, it was Battlestar Galactic again. There was, you know, sci-fi. There was drama. There was this and that and the other. I really hadn't thought about, uh, before coming to work today, I thought the episode was really good. I mean, I would probably have said it A. But then Jason and all his wisdom says, well, why would Adama nuke the planet with right. half the cast on there? So that he has a point, so that, that <laughs> thumbs it a little bit. So then I'll, I'll bring it down to a B, I guess. Hmm. I'd have to agree. Probably a B. Um, because there were moments when I was like, oh! Like, when, she, when Athena goes, that's Boomer. I was like, oh! That's awesome! But Starbucks' whole thing... It's just angered me. And yeah, I agree with Jason. I mean, why would you nuke half your cast? So, right. yeah, B would be good. See, I'm just the other way on this, surprisingly. I thought it was great all the way up to the very end. Anytime Michael Reimer directs the episodes, it seems like he's just got a grasp of the characters and how to bring them out. And there's so many moments. There was the, the Chief tie line where he's like, well, you've lost your visiting privilege. You know, that and just the, the meeting with the Sharons and everything. Yes, the end, the, the cliffhanger sort of seems like something they can't really resolve satis- to anyone's satisfaction. But we don't know. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the next episode might be a big letdown. 
that does bring it down a little bit. So for me, it was an A minus. I I thought it hit all the right the right marks, except okay, for so the potential. Maybe, we'll just say maybe they're redeeming themselves from the past yeah. two episodes. I think which the last couple episodes it was. Overall, the episode was really just, it didn't seem like, it wasn't hitting on the cylinders. And maybe there was a couple elements like, oh, maybe they, they went to this silent storyline just enough, so it kept you interested. Whereas this one was just the opposite, where everything seemed to be going right, and there's a few things that brought it down, but to me that wasn't enough to bring that down to a, a grade lower than the previous episode. No, I agree. I think everything was going right in this episode. I agree. Yeah. Okay, so... Our website is thequorum.blogspot.com. We have an email set up if you want to send us questions, whether text questions or even send us an MP3. I really don't have any idea who is listening at this point to this podcast, aside from us. We seem to be getting some downloads. We don't know who they are. We'd like to hear from you. The Gmail address is gquorum, that's all one word, g-q-u-o-r-u-m at gmail.com. So send us some feedback. Any other final comments? I'm looking forward to... uh Sunday night that opens up my Friday night and I enjoy Sunday night because it'll be even fresher in our minds for our Monday podcast yeah that it's definitely good it's on I Sunday I was very pleased first of all there was only a four-week hiatus instead of last year where it was like three or four months. months it was it was, it was a long time and Sunday's good for us because we usually can't record till Monday see I don't watch it until Sundays oh really TV it I watch it Sunday morning when I wake up that's why I know what's going on we are planning some episodes during the hiatus. We'll have some speculation. We'll talk about the Roundtable podcast that was on the Sci-Fi website. We do have some things to talk about, so keep us subscribed. We are not going away. Okay, then. Uh, I guess that's it. Goodbye for now. Bye. So say we all. Quorum is so hard to spell. Why would we choose that? You Q- 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 R- Okay. I spelled it with a C. <laughs> That's true. Or a K or something. No, it was C. It was cor- it's C-O-R-U-M. <laughs> okay. Uh, C-O-O-R-U-M. Quorum. Quorum. Quorum.